You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Be seated. If you do have your Bibles, I know some of you still bring your hard copy Bibles. Would you turn to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 6? There are Bibles uh, on the front of the stage and in the flaps in front of you. If you don't have a Bible to call your own, please take one and just receive it as a gift. And um, if you have a phone, there's tons of Bible phone apps. Um, I want to go to 2 Kings chapter 6 as we are in this series called Awake. Are you awake this morning? Physically, I had to really awake this morning. I was tired. But 2 Kings is such a great illustration and story about hearing and seeing the things beyond the physical realm. And I don't know if you've heard of this prophet. He was named a prophet. What is a prophet? A prophet is someone who heard or hears the voice of God, and the Lord is speaking to that person. And a prophet really represented God to a bunch of people. And so this prophet here in 2 Kings is named Elisha. Elisha. Don't get him confused with Elijah. It's Elisha. And the really neat thing about Elisha is he was known as such a mighty man of God. God gave him favor. God gave him power and authority and gave him vision. Why? 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 Because Elisha was willing and committed and available to see the things of God, to hear the voice of God to act within the will of his kingdom, and to grow up in the knowledge of God. This is before Jesus came on scene. This is before the New Testament, the Bible was written. And Elisha knew God, and God knew Elisha. And because of that, he revealed the secrets of his heart to Elisha. Elisha had the eyes to see. Elisha had the ears to listen. And what's so amazing about this is this enraged the enemies of the Israelites because every move that the king of Syria, who was after the Israelites, every move that the king of Syria planned to attack the Israelites, guess what happened? God spoke to Elisha, the plans of the king of Syria. It was almost like God transported him into the war room of the king of Syria and all of his generals and officers to hear the plans. Literally, God spoke, and Elisha shared that information with the Israelites, and they were able to counter the attacks of the king. This would make any king mad, right? Someone is cheating. Someone, maybe it's the patriots. I'm sorry. Looking at our plans, right? Sorry, that was such an old joke. I'm so sorry, but they're out. So, um, (laughs) praise you, God. Um, 
So the enemy was enraged, and they were out. They were like, who is telling them these things? And they finally figured it out, that there's this guy who God is showing favor, and he's hearing the voice of God of what you're speaking in a dark room, and they're able to counter the enemy. Now, Elisha, the only way he could do this is he was connected to the kingdom of God. He saw beyond the physical realm. So his vision and his hearing was not based on circumstances nor feelings, which is what our culture is saturated with, right? Now, his servant, however, didn't necessarily have that relationship or maybe even that commitment or that experience with God, his servant. And so one morning, Elisha's servant wakes up and goes outside, I don't know, maybe to the bathroom or take a breath, a fresh breath of air, and he looks into the mountains that are surrounding their village, and oh, crud monkeys. The Syrian army with all their chariots and all their horses and all their king's men, right, were surrounding Israel and specifically Elisha. And they were there to do business and take care of the problem. And he came in, and what we see here, uh, the scripture's already on there, but even before, when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning, went outside, he saw troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. I would be shivering in my clothes. Would you not, if you saw an army surrounding you of chariots and spears and swords, ready to take your life and everyone in your village, you would be petrified too. And so he goes in to where Elisha is, and he says, this is, I think this is funny because the Bible just says, oh, sir, what will we do now? That's not what he said. <laughs> Come on. He said, what are we going to do? Run for your lives, Frodo. I mean, Elisha. Right? Yeah. He, I mean, he was beside himself. Today's the day. We're done. And Elisha said, don't be afraid. Here's the really cool thing about the kingdom of God. When you hear the kingdom of God, and when you see the kingdom of God, you will not be afraid. Because the kingdom of God is all about perfect love, and perfect love casts out all fear. When we see the things of the kingdom of God, we may have a reverent fear of the incredible, enormous power and authority of the spiritual realms and specifically God, but we're not going to run in fear and guilt and shame because the kingdom of God brings love, power, and a sound mind. And so Elisha says, don't be afraid. For there are more on our side than on theirs. If I was the servant, I would say, where? <laughs> Come on, show me. I don't see it. And he said, then Elisha prayed. Could we just read this prayer in quotations together? Ready? Go. Oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. That's all he said. He did not say a sinner's prayer. He did not give him a track. He did not just you know, give him a course in believing and faith and all this stuff. He just said, open the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha 
was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Can we cue the music? Dun, 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 dun. No. Yeah. And Elisha's servant was no more afraid. And they knew that God is greater and his armies are greater than anything the enemy can throw after you. Do you realize that the kingdom of God is so far greater than the kingdom of darkness that is after you? Do you, though? Because so often when we face circumstances and we face feelings of doubt and depression and guilt and anxiety and worry and anger, we start to live in the kingdom of the world. But we have to have eyes to see and ears to hear. And here's, here's the quote I gave last Sunday. is this, if you don't have the eyes to see and the ears to hear the things of the kingdom of God, you will continually miss the kingdom of God. If Phil does not have the ears and the eyes, and I would even take a step further that we're going to look at in a couple weeks, even though we have the ears and the eyes, we still need to tune into the frequency of the kingdom of God. Okay, we have, the we have the receiver, just like a device, you need a receiver to connect to the internet. And that receiver is Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. But we still need to tune into the frequency. Sometimes we can see, just because you can see doesn't mean you can see 2020. Just because you hear doesn't mean you have full hearing, right? And so when you, when I don't have eyes to see beyond the physical realm and I don't have ears to hear beyond the noise of this earth, we will continue to miss the things of God. Now, take it, I take it everyone has been at least in some school. We may have not all graduated high school, but we've been in school. And the first thing they usually teach us is the alphabet. We learn the language. We learn how the language is built. We learn how to read and how to write. We learn our numbers. I didn't learn them so well, but we learn to count. We learn to add. We learn to subtract. We learn to multiply. I'm still learning. And uh, we learn what is expected of us and what is acceptable in functioning and operating within the culture we're in. Do you follow? Are you with me? I mean... If you don't, you are looked down upon because you're not able to operate and function in a healthy way. So if that's the, if that's the case, isn't it more important and valuable for us who call ourselves Christians? Christians mean we are spiritual beings inside a human cavity saved by the grace and the blood of Jesus. Okay? That's a Christian following the ways of Jesus, but not just following Jesus living inside of them, okay? So don't you think it's even more important for the church of Jesus Christ, those who call themselves Christians, to learn the language of heaven? I'm not talking about tongues. I'm talking about the language, the kingdom language, to learn how to hear God's voice. Do you realize that God's voice is even speaking right now? We need to tune in and hear. So often throughout the day, God is speaking to you and you don't even hear them. It's like me watching TV and Lauren trying to tell me something very important. Not happening. Till I pause it. What do you need to pause to tune in to the kingdom of God? 
And so it's so important for us to understand that we need to learn the language. We need also to learn how to hear, but we also need to learn how to operate and function within the kingdom culture of God. That means we need to be in his word way more than we are. No guilt, no shame here. It's just if we need to learn, we need to be studying We need to be connected to each other. We need to be filling ourselves with the things of the kingdom of God. And so our series is all about awaking to the kingdom of God in how we see, in how we hear, in how we act, which is next week, and the fourth week is how we grow. If the kingdom of God is living inside of you, you are to grow. It's called transformation. There's a spiritual theological term called sanctification. Simply, it's growing and looking more and more and more like Jesus. So our physical, fleshly, sinful man is we're chiseling away, chiseling away, chiseling away, and allowing the life of Christ to make us more and more and more like Jesus. And today, We're focusing on hearing the voice of God, hearing the voice of God. So let me ask you this. Can you see beyond your physical realm? Can you see the kingdom of God when you read scriptures? Can you see the things of God when you look at broken and hurting people? Can you see the kingdom of God when you look at the news And you see all of the destruction and all of the hate and all the violence. Can you see the kingdom of God working beyond our physical circumstances and beyond our physical eyes? Second question, have you ever heard and tuned into the voice of God? Well, I think so, maybe, but it could have been something I ate. I know so. I got to say this, Pastor. First time I walked in this church, and I like the name, but I was good in the privacy now. Amen. Sister. Amen. Great. Well, and, and you know, like our sister, she experienced that. The experience is going to be different for everybody. Sometimes I, I have very few experiences where I have an audible voice of God speaking to me. And this is where I'm going to stop talking about hearing the voice of God. And I'm going to let uh, an anointed, uh, just dear family uh, and friends of God come up in just a moment. But I just want to say one thing about hearing the voice of God, those questions, and then we'll have them come up. Where you see the kingdom of God, where you're hearing the kingdom of God. I don't want you to feel guilt and shame if you haven't. The good news is it's a new year, and God wants you to hear his voice. Let me ask you this. Where have you seen your life reflect and represent the kingdom of God? And fourthly, where are you seeing the fruit from you growing more and more like Christ? God wants to do that in you. But just like Jesus said, you need to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then everything else, guess what? He's going to freely give to you, just like a loving father would do anything for his children. 
So I'm so excited. Uh, we, we, we have a class that we're going to start this Wednesday. It's a four-week session. By the way, we had almost 50 people sign up for this class. That shows me you guys are hungry for the kingdom of God. And you know what? When you're hungry, God's going to feed you. And we'll talk more about the class, but would you please give a warm Elevation Community Church welcome to Jason and Kristen Scott. Come on up. Go, go ahead. Yeah, we did coordinate. You look good, brother. This is Jason and Kristen Scott. I feel like I've known them for a long time, but we've only met um, yesterday. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, just a, about a month or so ago. And uh, we just would like to hear from you. Um, we saw a video of you just explaining a little bit your heart and your, your ministry uh, last week. Uh, but there's still probably some people who weren't here last week that have no clue who you are. And so before we start talking about hearing God's voice, I would love to just hear about your hearts, where, where God has brought you. So go ahead. Well, good morning, Elevation. My name is Kristen Scott. This is my husband, Jason, and our home church is actually North Star, which is in Loveland, and that's where we live with our family. Our two kids are here with us this morning, and uh, we have some friends here at Elevation. We've grown to love Pastor Phil, and uh, just wanted to give a shout out to my dear friends, uh, Matt and Tiffany Nation, who I've known for a very long time, and knowing their hearts and knowing um, their relationship with the Lord, it just makes me feel like we're among other friends. We've gotten to know Sarah Williams a little bit over the course of the past six or months or so, and uh, she was really instrumental in letting us open the door to come into Elevation just to share our hearts with you all, and we really feel like uh, we just feel at home with this church. We, we love you, and uh, just glad to be a part of it. But as uh, Pastor Phil was saying, we run a, and co-found a ministry called Activation Ministries, and together, um, our hearts are really just to awaken the body of Christ to the more of God. Hmm. And we get asked all the time, like, how, how are you guys doing that? Because Jason and I both stepped out of our jobs. Um, about two years ago, Jason left his successful career in business. And um, at the prompting of the Lord, he, he just made it abundantly clear that we are to step out and do this. And it wasn't until about six months ago, six or seven months ago, that I joined him and left my career in, as an elementary art teacher to join him in this. And people say, well, how are you guys doing that? You know, we, we don't have, you know, any medical benefits anymore. I mean, we left everything. And they say, why? Why are you doing this? And it's really all about the Lord just really led us into this. He really captivated our hearts. And for me, I think the journey started about eight years ago. I remember we were on vacation you know, when you go on vacation, you bring books to read, right? <laughs> and Jason was reading a book by David Platt called Radical. Has anyone mm. ever read that book? I personally have not read that book, but I got to hear it through him and what he was sharing with me. And it was kind of like one of those defining moments where I remember Jason, after reading this book, looked at me and he was like, Kristen, I think we're supposed to be doing the things that Jesus was doing. He's like, I don't know about you, but this is what I signed up for. And when he said that to me, I just froze on the inside. I was terrified. I knew that there was truth in what he was saying, but there was something in me that was like, I don't think I can do that. I, I don't know if I, if I have what it takes to, to trust God fully in that and to actually step out and do this stuff. But as we were singing this morning about awakening your soul, 
I was just praising the Lord and saying, thank you, Lord, for in that moment, because I knew I was going to share this moment with you all. And I, I remember I said, thank you, Lord, for not leaving me alone, for pursuing me. And in that moment, using this book and using my husband to awaken my heart and to say, you know what, Kristen, there is more for you than what you are living. There is more of me that I want to show you. And what I want you to do is trust me enough to reach out and grab it and go for it. And he was so good in that season to just shepherd my heart and to love me in a way that allowed me to break down the things that I was holding on to and to reach and grab a hold of the more of what he had. And so we together as a ministry, that's truly our hearts, is to come alongside the body of Christ and to equip you, encourage you, and empower you to go after the things of God with all that you have. Because as the, as the scripture says, we have been able to taste and see that the Lord is good, and we want you all to know that, and we want you all to come with us, and so we're here and excited to share that with you. Wow. Yeah, she's cool, isn't she? Uh, yeah, and uh, she was raised in the church and has had a lot of intimacy with the Lord throughout. I was a good Catholic boy, a Catholic school boy, um, and I, I just grew up, I never knew who I was, and just started believing some of the, the lies of the enemy, so... Uh, I fell into just darkness with uh, al alcoholism and drug addiction. I couldn't go more than a couple of days without doing cocaine or alcohol to the point of total destruction. And so I, I just want to, Pastor Phil mentioned something about hope and hopeless situations. I just want to say, towards the end of my run, I, I was a few hours, maybe a few days, a few weeks from dying or, or from, from overdose or suicide. And just like that, in any moment, the Lord can sweep in and flip a situation on its end. So I just want to release that peace over you, that all things are truly possible. And so I kind of got shot into the kingdom of God, like out of a cannon, like, yes, he like saves, he sets people free, he heals. And so we've just been growing in that. And it's uh, so some of the things we get to do, we do a lot of uh, ministry. We actually do prophetic prayer in business, which is kind of a cool, wild thing. And do a lot of ministry out of our home, and we do a lot of equipping like we'll be doing this week. So it's awesome to be here with you all. Wow. Wow. You guys are real. I just love it. I just well, love I it. I took off the mask and, and uh, I'm not. No. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> um, can you just share a little bit of your journey of learning to hear the voice of God? What does that look like? It's available to all of us, especially who believe. Uh, um, Jesus said in, in Mark when he says, I've come to bring the kingdom and the good news of the kingdom of God but you must repent means change your thinking, turn from what you're doing, change and believe. Mm -hmm. And so God's voice and his kingdom is available to all who change their thinking, change their way, turn to God and believe. So what, what's your journey yeah. look like? How, how did that happen? Yeah, for me, I just, I always love the word of God. I would just eat it up and um, I always paid, paid special attention with the red letters. When Jesus was talking, I was especially focus but you know I, I would hear a pastor maybe or a special person talk about yeah god was talking to me the other day and i'd be like oh wow there's there's special people that get to hear god's <laughs> voice that like that's really awesome but who knows the word of god just keeps going i just kept having this like i think like christmas i think this is for us i think this is for us but not really walking it out not really seeing it walked out so um it was probably about five or six years ago it was a thursday night we were exhausted but all four of us ran out as a family because my son needed soccer shoes and so we went off to Dick's Sporting Goods. I was really grumpy daddy. I wasn't all like floating around like Holy Spirit person. I, I never do that actually. 
Um, but uh, that's, that's I like good. this side. They're, they're, don't get me started. I'll just anyway. Um, we you're, went to Dick's. You're still loved, by the no, way. No, I totally. We're coming this way like this uh, to the youth. Um, we went to Dick's Sporting Goods. I was exhausted. I was tired. We ran in, got Caleb's shoes. We went. If anyone's been to Dick's Sporting Goods, there's one line and it's long. And uh, we get in line and I'm holding him and I was just really frustrated and just anxious to get out of there. And um, we're getting close to where the belt is, where you put your stuff up. And I just happened to notice a mom next to me with uh, three or four little kids, maybe ages five, maybe five to 15. And I noticed her and I'm holding Caleb and we're all talking and finally uh, she gets her stuff and puts it up on the belt. And she puts four uh, Cleveland Brown Johnny Manziel jerseys. They, they all have Manziel on the back. This is when he was drafted. And as I looked over, hold my son, I had this passing thought that went through my mind, buy her stuff, like, like purchase her stuff. And it was a fraction of a fraction of a second. It had a beginning and it had an end, and it, but it caught me. It was just in my own mind. And I looked and I thought, well, I'm not at Kroger's. We're not talking about buying someone's groceries, right? This is someone gonna spend a lot of money on jerseys. I don't like the Browns. Hallelujah. Uh, Johnny Manziel, I'll just keep my comment. I just didn't care for him. And I thought that's silly. I dismissed the passing thought very quickly. Turned back to my family. A minute later, the guy dicks, the, the worker grabs all the stuff and moves it off to the side and uh, says, sir, you're up, and grabs all her stuff. And her credit card bounced. Her credit card was denied. And I, I went, I was like, what? And I just literally like all time froze. And I was like, oh my goodness, Lord, you just, you just let me know that happened, that that was gonna happen. And it, it really took, it was like one of those like zoom in on my face, you know, like just time stood still. And I was like, I know that voice. And that's what really rocked me was I get those passing thoughts all the time. And I was like, oh my goodness. So. The man takes all her stuff. Their kids gather around the mom. They're all super embarrassed. Um, I pay for the stuff. We go out to the car. I'm like, honey, something's going on in there. I got to run back in. So I ran back in, and I'm like terrified. I'm walking up and down the aisles of dicks, praying, oh, God, what do I do? And I finally went up to the woman, and she's on the phone. I said, ma'am, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I follow Jesus. I'm a Christian, and I just feel like God wants me to bless you. I, I feel like he connected us. He wants me to buy your stuff. She just starts crying, and she's like, no, no, it's too much. I said, ma'am, he sees you. He loves you. I'm going to do this. And the Dick's guy's like, man, you're awesome. And so we swipe the credit card and do all this. And the, the family's now hugging. They're all hugging the mom. And I'm like, wow, this is, they are really big Browns fans. And, um, and now I'm not liking what I just did. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and so I'm paying, and she comes over to me, and she's like, how did this happen? What, how did you? And she goes, we're going to a funeral tomorrow morning. And this is our uniform for the funeral. We're all wearing, and so I don't, I don't know who it was, if it was the dad, it was someone close. And it was at that moment. So, so it was so cool that the Lord would interrupt mm. uh, my night to, to let someone know that he sees her and to love on her in, the, in a terrible moment and to light me up for that was the voice of God. Like, how do, that gives a whole nother thought to take thought every captive. Take every thought captive. I thought it was get bad thoughts away from me. It's like, oh, God's speaking. Make it obedient to Christ. This like brings on a whole nother like level. 
my experience was a little bit different. I, as Jason said, I grew up in the church. So uh, I came to know the Lord at a really young age, probably around six is what I'm, what I'm thinking. And the minute that I invited him into my life, I just had this sweet little spot in my heart for him, so tender. And I just really felt his love and his nearness ever since I was young. And I would say probably about my, around my teenage years was when I really started hearing him speak to me in ways like Jason was saying, like a thought in my mind. And I knew he was talking to me and he would show up in these times to give me encouragement or love or direction. And I really felt a closeness to him in that and very privileged that I could be in relationship with him. But uh, as I was mentioning before, this, this shift and this turn where the Lord was like, there's more. I think that up until this point that we started learning and the Lord was prompting us that go after everything that I have for you, reach for that stuff. My relationship with the Lord was all about me. It was personal, it was hmm. private. Although I was a very loving, kind person, I would not say that my Christianity was put on my sleeve. Mm. You know, even in my high school, kids might, might have known that I went to church, but I don't think that they would have known that I had a, a love for Jesus. And so he was showing me at this time in this switch, those defining moments that we have, that by holding on to my relationship with him, that second piece of that life with him, I was missing out on. That his great design was really all about taking that relationship and then making it known. And so for me, we started pressing into this a little bit more. I think after the whole Dick's experience, started stepping out and like actually doing things in our sphere of influence. So, Wow. And, and I think that's key for us to just, just take and, and capture for a minute of you're saying basically to have eyes and ears of the kingdom of God is one thing. But the design of the kingdom of God is so much more that we actually bring the kingdom of God to others. Yeah. I, I know for me, I grew up in different church spheres. Uh, some were very healthy, some were very thriving, and some were very closed in the sense of the kingdom of God. We want to be blessed. We want this. We want this. But no concept of how to edify and bless others. Can you relate? And so I think when when we talk of the, the word prophecy or we talk just the spiritual gifts of God, a lot of, a lot of us freak out. I know for me, sometimes when ministry happens at different events or someone says, hey, I'm going to prophesy over you, I run for the door. But the kingdom of God is not like that. And so if you, if, if you grew up where your experience of Christianity was abusive and manipulative and not the gospel of love and grace, that is not the original version of the kingdom of God. Go back to the gospels in the Bible and read the original version that Jesus came to bring. And I believe that Jason and Kristen have caught a glimpse of the real version of the kingdom of God. It is real. It comes in humility. It comes in serving others. It comes in loving others and giving your life for others. The gifts of God is not about keeping for yourself. They will rot and they will destroy you. They're for other people. And so could you guys just help us simplify this word? Uh, prophecy of hearing the voice of God. Could you just simplify that for us? Yeah, I mean, my experience was exactly what you said. You know, growing up in church, I knew about the Trinity. I knew if you wanted to learn about God, he was in the Old Testament. 
Jesus was in the New Testament, and then the Holy Spirit was kind of peppered throughout within there, but no one was really talking about it. You know, I knew like in Corinthians where it talked about the gifts of the Spirit, and I understood that prophecy was one of those, and he was kind of under the umbrella of the Holy Spirit. But because no one was talking about it or even like following it or pursuing it was such a big mystery. And even the gifts of the Spirit, I grew up believing that God gave you one. That like, and you kind of had to like go through your life to figure out like what that one thing was. And with prophecy, it was like my understanding or my misinterpretation of what it was, I really thought it was someone kind of standing on the street corner with a word from the Lord. You know, like, thus saith the Lord, and kind of pointing fingers at people and saying, like, here's what's going to happen to you if you don't repent and go back and all these things. Kind of like when we think about the prophets of the Old Testament. Right. That was kind of like my mentality of what prophecy was. And there were these people that I saw in my church or in, on the street corners doing this. And prophecy in general, like, made me feel icky. Yeah. And the spirit, like you yeah. said, all the gifts of the spirit, they seemed weird. And the people who were going after them just made me feel even more uncomfortable about it. It was not something that settled with me. But as we started opening up our eyes and the Lord was showing us and learning more about who the Holy Spirit was, he showed me that I could step into this in a way that's so beautiful. There's nothing that's yucky about it. And he really had to take me through a process of showing me that he was wooing me and showing me the love that's behind it. And he had to break a lot of those things, a lot of those barriers and things that I held on to because of that past. But prophecy, what I've come to understand and really love, it's all about hearing the heart of God. It's hearing his voice. When you have an intimate relationship with him and you know how, as Pastor Phil was saying, tuning into that frequency, it's like tuning into that frequency, hearing his voice, and then sharing that in a way that's loving and honoring to another person. It's not about standing on a street corner and blaming people and pointing fingers. There's a sense of beauty in it. And so, um, yeah, I, it's something I've grown to really love and cherish and go after. Yeah, so there's definitely still prophets, right? Like, think about the office of the prophet. Um, there's still those people. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about prophesying. We're talking about hearing God's heart, sharing it. Um, anyone that has been saved by Christ, anyone that's been reconciled to the Father and has the deposit of the Holy Spirit, you can now share God's heart with other people to build up the body of Christ. And so kind of the inspiration for what we do in this class is 1 Corinthians 14.3. It talks about, but the one who prophesies speaks to what? Not call out sins, not say you're going to hell, not saying California is going to fall in the ocean. It's to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. Right? I don't know about you all, but I kind of know my personal junk, my sin. I know my shortcomings. It's not that terribly healthy for someone just to point it out. What I do struggle with and have a hard time believing is what God says about me, hmm. right? It, it's um, that he has plans to prosper me and not to harm me, that he's pleased with me, that I'm his son or his daughter, and that he loves me and that I'm the aroma of Christ and I'm made in the image of Christ. That's what we need to know. And I believe that's what prophecy does. It calls you out. It's a, and you kind of referenced it this morning, but in Hebrews, it talks about this concept. It's like the here, not yet. Those mm -hmm. that are perfect are being made perfect. So because of Jesus, we like, I'm, I'm in, I'm perfect, I'm holy because I'm hidden in Christ, but he's still sanctifying, yeah. right? And prophecy says, this is who you are, brother. 
Now walk in. And I don't use the word brother that much, so I don't know why he just said that. I wish he did a Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you are brother! That yeah. I would. Yeah. It, but it's calling us into greatness. It's saying, this is who you are. It's just like the Lord looking at Peter and saying, on my church, I'm going to build. What? Peter just denied the Lord. He rebuked the Lord. And Jesus said, this is who you are. And watch Peter. He built the church and he walked all the way to the cross where he was, where he was crucified upside down. Right? That, that was the prophetic word. Hmm. So, um, yeah. That's good. Um, so this is kind of crazy. Usually when we're promoting something, um, we're really begging you to sign up because we want you to experience it. But uh, we said that we would cap this class at 50 people because it is participatory. There's a lot of different activities and group discussions and different things like that. So could we show the um, gift to go after? Um, here's the thing to note. Um, we, we have about 46 signed up. 50 is the cap. And so there is a sign-up sheet right before you exit the doors. There's a table there. If you would like to be put on the waiting list, uh, please sign up still because usually what happens is some people have conflicts, they get sick, or something comes up that they didn't plan for, and then there's an opening. If you are one of those people who signed up last Sunday and you just know you can't make it those weeks, when, uh, the next four Wednesdays, would you please do us a favor? Do one of two things. Number one, you can text this number and just say, we cannot attend the class. That way it opens the door for someone who really wants to attend the class to be able to go. Um, you can also just fill out the sign-up sheet, put your name and say, no longer can attend. This will help us um, make more room available for people who can uh, be there. Does that make sense? And so uh, I, I'm... I'm excited. I'm excited to, to just see what God's going to do because he says, seek first him and we will be found by him. And so what I'd, I'd ask them to kind of prepare their hearts, what I want them to do is just to pray us into worship. We're going to worship for a little bit. You can stand in worship. You can kneel in worship. You can come and pray by yourself. You can bring someone with you and pray. Um, maybe we can even make you guys available if uh, someone needs prayer. Um, but Jason and, and Christian, would you just, would you just pray over us? Yeah. Would you just bow your heads wherever you are? Yeah. Uh, Father God, thank you so much for the amazing people at Elevation Church. And, uh, Lord, all the amazing things you're doing through this body already, Lord, they love, they have your heart, Father. They love their community. They love each other well. Um, kind of as we were preparing preparing for this, the, the kind of the sense I had, and again, take this before the Lord, uh, but kind of the sense I had is there's a hunger here um, for the Word of God. There's a, there's a hunger, and the Lord has been using that hunger and kind of packing it in the powder keg, like the love of the Word, and, and out of that, He's stirring up a, a hunger for His presence, and kind of this thing I see is like, Many of us know him as Lord, Savior, King, but he wants to take us in this area where we know him as a father, like that he knows us as sons and daughters and even friends. And he tells his friends secrets, right? If you think about Moses, if you think about Abraham. So Father God, we just ask that you would release hunger for you, like your presence, Lord. Because a dad hangs out with his kids. He's close. Lord, would you give them eyes to see, ears to hear you, 
what you're doing in the room, what you're doing in the family, Lord. And um, yeah, Lord, I ask you to come and just stir up that hunger. Yeah. This morning, I just want to pray for that one, that person. Maybe there's more than one, but um, if you're feeling unsure about stepping into the depth of God and all that he has to offer through knowing who the Holy Spirit is and releasing that into your life, activating it, turning to him. Father, I just want to pray for those people this morning and just release them out of that, that bondage, whatever's holding them back. And I pray that you bless them with your beauty, the beauty of your presence, the beauty of your nearness. God, pour out your love on those people. Show them who you are, the truth of who you are, that you are good, you are for them, and all of this is nothing to be feared. Father, I pray that you would just deepen their desire for you. I know that's a key for me is, Lord, I have to turn my face to you every day. I have to open my heart, open my eyes, and actually choose to go after you. You're coming after us every day, Lord. But we have to turn and look to you and seek after you with all that we have. And so I pray that you would increase desire for that among this body. Lord, we thank you for the gifts that you give, give us, all of them. You give us all the gifts. And Lord, we want to grow in that. We want to know more about that, how to appropriately shepherd that in our lives so that we can just ultimately turn the glory back to you, God. It's part of your design, and we are honored that you would choose vessels like us. So we just live this time in your name. Amen. Can we thank Jason and Kristen? Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our weekly podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. 